This is Puck Year, New Zealand's hockey podcast with hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury, bringing you the best stories and interviews from down under. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into Puck Yeah Podcast. Sorry we couldn't uh, be with you last week. Joe was wrapped up with the America's Cup as part of the ACC's coverage, uh, covering those two monstrous, monstrous boats, dueling it out on the harbour. He's back now. How's it going, buddy? I'm good, and thank friggity frick that's over, because I did not give a shit about that, and, <laughs> and now New Zealand goes back to not caring about yacht racing for uh, four years. Yeah, I know. It's it's weird, right? Like, it's just another one of those sports where New Zealand is like, yeah, we're awesome at it. And then the rest of the world is like, what well, is that? You, yeah, whatever. You guys can have it, sweet ass. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah. Uh, busy, busy week for me as well. Last week it was actually my last week working uh, at News Corp Australia. So you can imagine... Uh, how hectic that is and it's even more hectic now because um, we're all gearing up for the move uh, back to New Zealand which is we're flying out on Saturday well uh, we're recording this now on the Monday and so yeah uh, not much time left to go so it is the last one before I head into two weeks of quarantine and then back on the other side what totally just smacked my webcam that's how excited i am about it after that i'm back in new zealand i can't wait to catch up with so many people and finally see some kiwi hockey again but joe what do we have on the podcast this week uh this week we catch up with a legend of the game about new zealand's coaching development the mighty ducks return this week but there's another hockey show that we think you should or not should check out (laughs) and the bhl all-stars have been announced and i'm in it yeah, I don't know how you managed to be an all-star, an all-star coach. Uh, that's an interesting one there. But I think Cam, uh, Cam, well, just here's a teaser. Cam needed someone who can hand him beers and drink beers with him on the bench. So that's where I fill in pretty accurately. Yeah, an uh, A-grade all-star wingman. That's what you are, buddy. I love to hear that. Uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in to the podcast once again. If you're brand new, thanks for checking us out. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Plus, we got our YouTube channel there, which you can, you know, check out hockey highlights uh, and our interviews. We're actually going to be doing a bit more live streaming once I'm back in New Zealand, which will be awesome. And we also have our Instagram and Facebook at Puck Here and Zed. Uh, but first of all, before we get into our special interview, uh, the Mighty Ducks game changes. It, it's it's arriving this week, Joe. I can't, can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. There's been some good press come out about it this week. Um, with that reunion of the uh, the original cast, which looked pretty cool. Um, yeah. Missing a few characters, but there was a few good ones there. Adam Banks looks like a, a mix of a meth head and a com- <laughs> like a commercial Wall Street banker or something. He's weird looking. Mm. Um, it was good to see Gee and... Connie. Connie, that's right. Yeah. Who's Connie's actually quite a famous actress now. But um, yeah, missing a couple... Like Joshua Jackson and and Russ, which is a little bit disappointing. Yeah, well, I mean, well, Russ Tyler is, uh, as you know, is Keenan Thompson, who is probably uh, maybe outside of uh, Joshua Jackson. Is out of all the Mighty Ducks, and of course, you know, I mean, the guy who played 
uh, Fulton is in the DC universe now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Kenan Thompson, massive career, of course, across Nickelodeon, and then now uh, SNL, who's basically the wallpaper at SNL, and he's still going strong. So I imagine he probably can't commit to too much uh, outside of that. But who knows? We might get more. I mean, the one that I really want is Julie the Cat Gaffney. She was my favorite we, character. We all want Julie to come back. Everyone. Right. Everyone wants to know what Julie's been up to and if she's still as, as hot as she was when we were <laughs> kids back in the day. She's still dealing to those uh, Icelandic boys and keeping them in check. That's what I that's what I always loved about that. Uh, didn't take any shit from anyone. She was just total boss girl and, of course, mm-hmm. awesome in there as well. Uh, so that is starting on Disney+. Plus. Uh, this week can't wait um, we will be hopefully doing some uh, I guess re- reviews and stuff me being in isolation uh, kind of depends on the quality of the internet and so I guess we'll see once I'm in in the hotel wherever it may be I might be in Auckland I could be in Rotorua I could be in Hamilton I could be in Wellington I could be in Christchurch we just don't know yet and I don't know how good the internet will be but if it's good enough I think we'll definitely do some um, reaction shows because I mean, this is like the highlight of the year for us, man. Like Mighty Ducks finally making the return. Um, of course, the big thing when all those photos from Entertainment Weekly came out, uh, everyone had the same line. Do you feel old yet? Did yeah. you feel old when that came out? I had about seven different people that sent me that. And I was just like, oh, that it does make you feel so old. When you're looking at these kids that you basically yeah. grew up in, I know there's a lot of guys that attribute it to them getting into hockey and I'm probably one of those um the original movie and now to see them like oh, the the dude with glasses with like a massive receding hairline and looking oh, like a, some kind yeah. of weird lawyer um Averman Averman in oh, one Averman. of those in one of those photos he looks like he still can't skate 30 yeah. years on <laughs> yeah so that'll be exciting it's is it one episode a week is that are they are they drip feeding it to us or do we get to binge it? Uh, to be honest, I think I think we are getting it kind of Mandalorian styles or like everything else that's on Disney Plus at the moment. It is weekly, which is great. I don't want to binge watch it. I want it, I want it to be something that I look forward to every week. Um, but I haven't really seen a lot around that if it is all going out or if it is just, you know, week by week episode drops. Uh, I guess well, we'll find out. You've got two weeks in isolation so you need to drip feed anything otherwise you're just going to watch everything in the first week two days and you'll be done well i mean that's the thing we are loading up the ipads uh with tv shows uh finally getting around to the most recent season of letter kenny so definitely gonna make sure i uh finish that plus the walking dead which i have to watch with headphones now and away from the eyes of baby Madison so she doesn't get, get shitless by zombies. Yeah. Um, but we mentioned before about another show. Uh, this is one that my wife, Sarah, actually brought to my attention. It's on Netflix now uh, called Zero Chill. Make sure you check out the trailer because you, you need to see it to, to know what we're really talking about here. But Joe, I sent you that trailer. Um, it's another hockey series coming out, but it's, it's mixing mm. figure skating and... Um, yeah, it uh, doesn't look good. No, and I spent like the entire trailer trying to figure out if the two main characters were boyfriend or girlfriend. It was so confusing. And then it turns out that they're twins. It's like, wow, well, that's <laughs> totally changed the narrative for me in this whole show because that goes down a whole other angle. 
But the guy, like the the main guy, gets a scholarship to go. He's American to go to the UK and play hockey. And the hockey looks he looks terrible. Mm. Now he's getting a scholarship and playing with people who can't even skate is weird. But why would an American go to the UK on some kind of scholarship? I'd yeah, right. I mean, because you know, we would know of it, it. It says in like the description, a prestigious hockey academy. So you'd think, okay, you might go to somewhere in Canada, uh, especially maybe like an Ontario, or you might you might go somewhere in Europe, or even a hockey academy in the US. Which I guess that's probably the the whole idea of leaving the life behind and going overseas. But still, I just the plot line of the series it just doesn't make sense. Um, mm. I I definitely do want to check out a couple of episodes, give it a shot. It looks it's okay. So. The Mighty, right, we've seen plenty of the Mighty Ducks game changes, right? And it looks cheesy, but it, it's it's like a good kind of cheese, right? Mm. Like it's it's warm, it's gooey, it's comforting. It's a mozzarella. It's a mozzarella <sighs> on a pizza. My favorite cheese. Yeah, it's not a stinky, blue, smelly one. Like or a this, Gouda. Yeah, like this thing yeah. is. It looks terrible. <laughs> it, it really does. Uh, the, so go, yeah. The thing about this, and I'm, I'm going to get angry about it, is... <laughs> we were looking it up before and you said it's it. number eight on Netflix in Australia. Yeah. People watching this shit program, this is going to put hockey back like 15 years because they think, oh, this ice hockey is so lame. It's so terrible. Yeah. Also, why is this guy dating his sister? It's kind of weird. So <laughs> I think we need to scrub this off the internet and get Mighty Ducks up there more and more like, I don't know, Ice Guardians documentaries or... Um, following actual uh, the Amazon Prime show that's following the Leafs at the moment. Like, we can just get those oh on the forefront. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait for the day when that comes out. Um, which is still a, a long time away. Uh, so yeah, as Joe said, make sure you give the Muddy Ducks a chance when it uh, drops on Disney Plus. Um, check out Zero Chill if you want. Um, I don't know if you're looking for something bad to watch. What really? I mean, we assume it's bad. It looks terrible. It, no, it could actually be really good. You never know. But the thing that really threw me off is under genres, it said British. And then I was like, a, a British show about hockey? I was like, that's what got me intrigued. And then I was like, all right, we'll watch the trailer. And I was like, they're all Americans. Mm. Um, and then I was like, oh, okay, he's going to the UK. I was like, well, that doesn't really make it a British show, Netflix. But. Hey, never mind. Check it out if you want to. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's plenty of entertainment coming our way. And, you know, we had some awesome uh, news just today. Actually, Monday, the uh, New Zealand Ice Hockey Federation uh, announced their Champions Cup game featuring the Ice Blacks and uh, the 20s under, and under 18 national teams all playing each other under the new Triple Star program. Uh, so it's like this men's camp that's taking place at Dunedin Ice Stadium next month um unfortunately it's happening happening like the week after i get out of iso and like the federation was really keen for us to go down and like cover it and i was like i'm kind of going to be in the midst of um trying to find a house (laughs) (laughs) and trying to find a job so um unfortunately can't make it for that one there's a women's camp happening later in the year uh queen's birthday weekend which definitely down for we'll definitely be there for that uh, but one person we teased it earlier. Um, he is a total legend of the game uh, in New Zealand, as I alluded to in the start of this interview. Darren Blong, anyone who follows this podcast and is an Admirals fan will recognize that name. Uh, I know you'll recognize it, Joe. He's now the NZHF coaching director as well. 
Yeah, he's a great man, and um, his uh, his number hangs in the rafters of um, Paradise and Avondale, and um, I think New Zealand hockey would not be in the position that it is, and um, the amount of like kids being able to get into the game without that Darren and his um, support of the rinks, really. So, yeah, just well that that Belong family just mm. a huge impact on hockey, especially uh, in the Auckland area. Uh, but we had him on. Uh, I chatted to him recently to talk about this triple star program, uh, maybe mainly to find out what that even is, uh, what their uh, aspirations are for it, and you know what they're hoping to achieve uh, in the near future from initiatives like that men's and women's camp. Uh, so stick around. Joe and I will be back to keep the banter going after the interview. Joining uh, Park Here Podcast now is a bit of a bit of a legend uh, in the game. Really, you recognize the name if you've heard it before, Darren Belong. Uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with us, uh, mate. Um, of course, now you're with the uh, NZIHF as a coaching director, and a lot of really awesome things coming into play. Uh, the main one we're hearing about at the moment is the Triple Star program. Can you run us through like what that is and why the NZIHF brought that in? Yeah, sure, Logan. I mean, um, thanks for having us on here too. Any time to talk about um, player development and keeping people in the sports always a good uh, good use of time. Um, I'm, I'm, I suppose Triple Star, the program is um, sort of um, over time has uh, come to this point. Um, essentially, Triple Star is a combination uh, for the males and females at the national team levels for under 18s and with the men's under 20s and the ice blacks, obviously the women's with um, under 18s and ice ferns to get together um, and obviously have a camp. And, um, and it's also a meeting of minds and coaches and whatnot, and sort of just also a really good opportunity to build relationships and um, I suppose lay the track to where the pathway is for younger players and what the role of, um, you know, the current uh, national team players might be in part of that, you know. Um, so, you know, the Triple Star is sort of uh, a real exciting um, uh, program that's been put together, but there's quite a lot of groundwork that's gone in, um, you know, over a number of years to get us to this point. And I suppose, um, yeah. you know, if I can, you want me to continue around that sort of stuff, uh, Logan? Yeah, mate. I mean, this is, yeah, this is all really interesting. Like, it's all, I, it's it's new, I think, to a lot of us. Um, and, you know, we're sort of over the last couple of months, we're really hearing a lot um, from the NZHF about the, you know, wanting to really push player development, pe- keep people in the game. So, uh, yeah. I mean, anything that, you know, you guys are doing to really help boost those stocks there. Yeah, yeah. Man, we would love to hear more about it. Yeah, so I think to start, I'd like to give a bit of a shout out to, you know, there's a lot of people over a very long period of time that I've been along for the, uh, belong to the game or been part of the game that have contributed um, these ideas, actually. And for whatever reason, um there's never really been a full synergy of uh, the coaches, players, and administrators sort of working sort of on a needlepoint sort of focus to to really drive the game. And you sort of touched on it, Logan. You mentioned about um, you know, youth and about getting people in the game, and more importantly, keeping them in the game. And um, I suppose a number of years ago, um, obviously got into coaching um, when I was about 22 in an ad hoc kind of way. And as you know, I've got older and no longer play, and have a daughter who plays, etc. You know, I've taken that path like many people, um, starting at learn to play, and um, also had a little stint with the Admirals there for about three years, which was really enjoyable. But during that time, in um, you know, having a meeting of minds with coaches that I was working with at that time, it was really abundantly clear that we had this 
National League going, which was really strong, um, but we had some challenges down below that at the uh, youth level, and and a lot of those challenges were around yeah. uh, retention. Um, you know, the, you know, cutting to the chase, really. Like at currently, the under twenty. Um, uh, national team is is ranked 47th out of 47th in the world in WHF uh, groupings and we've struggled at times to actually field a team and so over that time it became really clear what we needed to do was really um, have a clear focus with uh, youth players um, from obviously learn to play but what happens after that where do they go and what happens you know so there's some really cool initiatives that have happened that are getting mm. run out through the country. We've got Super League, which is under 12. But what we've been doing for the last four years, Logan, is running youth development camps, um, really focusing on underage um, youth players around the country. Now, initially, um, th these camps had run previously with some really good coaches, but it had stopped and start for many, many reasons. And so I think the challenge that we faced was, like, can we make this work and be viable for a number of years? And, and we're about four or five years into it. And what we've found is, you know, when we might have gone to Christchurch mm -hmm. or anywhere around the main centres, we may have had 30 to 20 people turn up. Well, now we're getting 80. That's not uncommon. Get 100 in Auckland is not uncommon. Um, and more important than that, you know, Logan, we get a lot of coaches. We're getting a lot of buy-in, volunteering their time, I might add. No one's getting paid here. Um, and also tagged with that as a lot of people that are volunteering their time as administrators and managers to make these things happen. Because when you have 80 kids or players, it's it's um, it's probably 120 people involved to make that happen, you know. And so that's a credit to all the volunteers yeah. out there that donate their time. And I suppose over that time, you know, what's the next step, you know? And so Triple Star has really come out of that um, from a lot of um, discussions over a good meal and a few beers, and a lot of people have contributed to making this happen. So it's exciting because obviously. COVID's given us a little bit of breathing space, um, no double and um, at least this year. And the plan is to get it out in, um, for the men in, um, in April, starting the 16th for a two-and-a-half-day camp, and the woman, Queen's birthday in June. And then over time, what we'll do is probably move that a little bit later in the season so we can do it once a year. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really great to see. One thing that I'm seeing with players uh, that have come through the ranks you know, they've been around for a long time, uh, and this includes imports that have come into the NZHL, uh, made a bit of a lifestyle from the South, and have stayed. You know, I'm talking about the likes of like Dean Tonks, Justin Dague, uh, AJ Spiller, and, you know, Matt Schneider down in uh, Queenstown as well, to name a few. And then you've got, you know, New Zealand guys. Uh, I think mean, Bradley Apps is starting to put his hand up as well for coaching. So it's really cool to see that you we, we're seeing those kind of guys. Would you say that uh, New Zealand... I mean, from an outsider perspective, I've kind of always seen it uh, as the same, I guess the same few names kind of circling <laughs> around. But now it seems like we're getting uh, like a glut of coaching, um, which is really great to see. So where do you think the kind of quality of uh, hockey coaching in this country is heading? Okay, so, I mean, if you're going to get more players and to, to sort of touch on that a little bit, in 2018, I think we had a touch under 1,500 players and right now we just have a touch under 2,000. So there's been significant growth and probably more importantly, we can show figures that we're not losing players, especially players under 20 in the last two years, which is vitally important. I mean, uh, competition comes from obviously numbers and the more we can do that, the better. So, and, and to your point around coaching, yeah, I mean, we're building coaching capacity and I suppose the really organic thing that's happening with these camps is we are getting people um, always signing up, coaches that is, to come and help. And so it's a lethargic um, 
cathartic kind of situation where we're learning on the go, we're working with each other, we're making adjustments. And what we're doing is we're building capacity. And so where I see it going is that we're going to put a bit more structure behind that. And I suppose the names you've mentioned have, have all been helping at these camps, um, you know, either at least one, if not three or four of these years. Paris Hyde comes to mind as another uh, big contributor. Um, and so what we want to do really is um, build that sense of community so that it's sustainable. So when old people like me move on, that it just really gets better, you know. And I suppose if we're trying yeah. to leave a legacy of stuff, that's really the challenge is to make ourselves redundant and move on um, at the right time and leave these younger coaches just take it to the next step. So they've got a body of work there, whether they're coaching an actual team or they're running a program, you know, that develops these kids or players, mm -hmm. I should say, they're not kids or yeah, no, it's it's. I like that idea of I guess creating like a legacy, so um, you know, things don't kind of I guess fall by the way wayside, but actually uh, build build up as the years go on. Uh, I mean, I was just taking a quick look at the you know the rankings with the WHF, and of course, you know, men's at the moment, uh, you know, talking Ice Blacks are currently 39th in the world. Uh, in comparison, the Aussies uh, 35th, and then on the women's side of things. The Ice Swings are 32nd, uh, and the Australian team are uh, 29th. That's the 2020 rankings. Of course, we haven't really had much competition since then. So, I mean, COVID kind of has been a blessing in a sense that, uh, you know, the NZHF has been able to really put a lot of uh, time, effort, and money into these, these sort of programs. Um, one thing that really stands out to me, if you look on those New Zealand national team jerseys, on the inside collar, you've got Akiaki Kia Kaha, which is be strong forever. So in your eyes, how does that mantra kind of apply uh, to this with the triple star program and the way you're starting to operate now? Yeah, well, I think because it is new, um, the expectation is, is I suppose, um, we're open-minded, but really what we're trying to do is build that sense of pride and identity that we are New Zealand players. You know, I mean, you alluded to the rankings of, if I use the Ice Blacks as an example, that 39th ranking is the same ranking when I finished at age 36, you know, quite some time ago. And, um, you know, is the team better than when I played? Yeah, of course it's better, but everyone else is better too. And I suppose yeah. what we've really focused on, you know, if we look at the real stuff that we're trying to do here, we're trying to build a world-class hockey program, uh, Logan. And that doesn't mean we're going to the Olympics. That means that we're building a New Zealand-focused, what we need program we can be proud of and coupled with that we really are hoping that the players will see that energy being put in and and we're listening to them as well a lot of this is about listening mm -hmm. um, and they will have a lot of pride and really want to do their best for New Zealand I'm not saying they're not doing that now but sometimes we've had to act as silos just out of, out of necessity and I suppose what we've really been doing is centralizing things through the federation over time at times people have thought well, what the hell does the federation do well we can very clearly say as being part of the federation we're doing as best we can and we're going to do more and 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 there's a player-centric kind of model um and there is a difference mm. because i think because we see the nhl and we see you know all these great players in europe and stuff our expectation and it's natural we want to be though we want to be like that we want to have a piece of that but we're not and it doesn't mean that we can't be great players I mean, given time. But what we have to realize is that's kind of a selection-based program. If you look at Canadian system, for example, it is purely 600 and something thousand players and Crosby comes out. Or, you know, obviously, um, Conor McDavid is the, the new cheese and um, what have you. So that just happens. 
because they've got numbers. Mm. But we have 2,000 players. So if you look at Germany, what they follow is sort of a, um, a development um, uh, program rather than a selection program because their numbers are 8,000 or 9,000 or something. Actually, 26,000, I think. So they have a small mm. number, but they compete with the top five, six teams in the world. You know, not saying that we will do that, but I do know that if we follow this mantra, player-centric, building a world-class program, and we are making sure that there's a place for everyone in hockey, not just the best player on the bench, and that we play everyone mm -hmm. that's on the bench, especially at youth hockey, we'll have more players, more competition. The buy-in comes from people seeing that. You don't have to talk about it if they see it. And then I think they have a lot of pride. They will have more pride or more desire to actually be part of that New Zealand program moving forward at the national team level and ultimately better results for us, you know. Uh, one thing I wanted to touch on because, you know, video is such an integral part of my life and it does play into coaching as well. Um, you know, we've seen, I know Anatoly Korozov is, is big on his video. I know that for a fact. Uh, Travis Krikard, he came into the uh, NZIHL yeah. uh, a couple of years ago yeah. after his time with the Kelowna Rockets. And, you know, he that's where he really honed his skills uh, as a video coach. And he brought that with him to the Botany Swarm. Mm. Uh, how much does, uh, I, I don't know if this is part of what you do, but how much does, you know, video analysis play into the way uh, these New Zealand teams are coached? And is there scope for more in the future? Yeah, I think Anatoly is a good example who uses video consistently. And, and you know, apologies if I've missed someone here. He's probably the only one I know that does use it um, regularly. And I suppose the big challenge around that is, um, well, a little bit of skill and also uh, resource and time. So we have had discussions at the Federation level around, you know, and this is what might come out of the triple star camp if we have a, a leader or someone who's in charge of our video analysis there's no reason in this day and age you can't be analyzing um, video from remotely from new zealand um, yes there's time differences and mm. stuff but you could have a centralized system really that gives coaches access to that um to your point do we use video um you know outside of that yeah we, to be honest you'll probably laugh but at peewee level i've used video um it's there's nothing whether it's a kid who's, that's awesome though i bet you know the, the kids probably love man, to see i the mean that's the world we live in like yeah. you know just the, just an iphone or an ipad and just a quick snap you know two you know five seconds ten seconds it, it, it it's 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 way better than, than a coach rabbiting on about technique when a kid can see it and you just give them two or three pointers yeah and they kind of they can start to work it out themselves um you know you can store that video you can do well as you know you can do multiple things so i think the scope for using technology in general uh logan is huge um and how we deliver not only to the players but to the coaches uh just lastly you know we usually ask this this question to uh, you know current players, but I think it would be great to get someone with your uh, stature and experience to kind of share their thoughts on this as well. With a program like uh, Triple Star, where do you realistically hope to see uh, New Zealand hockey in say like ten years time? Okay, it's a really good question. It's something that we probably talk about a lot. And so, what is realistic? Um, so, when you talk um, a little bit about Helen Murray, it'd be great if the New Zealand team went to the next division. Um, it would be but you've got to stay there. That is the key. And if you look at history in the double chip, it is littered with countries that get, they get lucky, they get a group together and they get two or two to five years of something. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you, what happened? South Africa is actually an example of that if you look back in history. And they're, they're below us now, struggling, you know, at most of the levels. So we're, I think realistically for us, if we're in 2B, we should be aiming for 2A. 
right? We should be aiming to be in 2A and competing for a medal in 10 years. But I think in five years, we should be in 2A. That's what we should be aiming for. And not just the, the ice pack level. To, to make the program sustainable, <laughs> we need to be really thinking about how can we get our, you know, under 18s and our U20s there too. And so it's a, it sounds easy. Hockey, unfortunately, is not a sprint. It's a bit of a marathon. Um, and um, it's a simple game, but it's bloody complex. Um, yeah. And learning those skills um, is, you know, we can all attest to. So we have to be patient with that. Patient with that. And I think if you're always focused on the the gold medal, if I say it's the gold medal, you, you're, you're setting up for failure a little bit because if that's the measure of everything, and it is in our society, I understand that. But if you balance that a little bit more with, okay, is success for us that we have 3,000 players in 10 years or in five years actually would be a nice number, and we have 4,500, say, in 10 years. Well, those numbers, if we've got a, a world-class hockey program, we're going to get to those divisions, no question about it, when we get to that kind of player pool. So thanks again to uh, Darren Blanc for taking the time to chat with us on Puck Here Podcast. Joe, I'm really excited about these men's and women's camps. I do think they're a pretty good idea to, you know, get uh, the representative players of all the age groups together, get all, you know, mentorship going, you know, kind of creating like this. I mean, I know we have camaraderie, but I feel like something like this will really help and sort of build up, I guess, the thing that Darren was really talking about and building up was trying to create the sense of pride in playing for New Zealand and wearing that jersey. Yeah, and I, and I think it's also getting um, the pride about the other national teams. So making, if you have the Ice Blacks and the Ice Ferns all together in a, in a group, in a community, it means that the, the Ice Blacks care about what happens in that Ice Ferns group. They want them to succeed. They want to help them as much as they can. And having having the under eighteens and the under twenties as well in that group, it kind of bit of yeah fostering and mentoring with those older players that hope to grow those younger guys through the ranks and then have them as their line mate or their D partner or something down down the line in the future. Yeah, one thing I found really interesting uh, that Darren had to say um, because we do typically when we interview a player, you know, you heard it recently when we revisited the uh, interview with Helen Murray and we talked about where she wants to see hockey in five, 10 years. I threw that question at him, but with the tag of realism, um, because, you know, we can all say this is what we want. I'm like, but what can we realistically achieve with something like the triple star uh, program? And interestingly enough, you know, talking about not so much going for the gold medals, but trying to really build up that talent pool and that development. So uh, that they're feeding the different teams for years on end. And hopefully they get to that point where uh, they do knock on the door and bust through to the higher divisions in the WHF, but don't just bounce back and forward, which can mm. really hurt a team, but actually stay there and compete. Yeah. You don't want to be yo-yoing between the, the divisions. Cause that just kind of, it kind of screws you and once you lose a core group then that you could fall even further which is not a not what we want we want to be get a foothold in a position and be either meddling or challenging for medals in that higher division every every time and i think what we've noticed in the many interviews that we've done since we've come back is there seems to be a clear um agreement on the direction of the federation and hockey new zealand's as a whole to get pathways in for young kids to stay in the game, want to, want to keep playing mm. beyond that um, 19, 20 
21 age group where they just eventually disappear and then we lose that talent. So I think it's all positive from what we're hearing from the Federation and hopefully in five or ten years the um, the plans that they've set about uh, come to fruition. Yeah, here's hoping because, I mean, they are saying they're already seeing um, some positives, you know, like player drop-off, you know, dwindling uh, a little bit. And then also, you know, they've got the youth camps that have been going on for a little while already, uh, like in Christchurch, the... Uh, for instance, the numbers are growing there, and not only just players, but more coaches uh, mm. come on board and sign up and want to get involved. So, you know, that's really awesome to hear that we have this community that is growing and people want to get involved and learn and want to be better so that at the end of the day, uh, New Zealand's game uh, improves to a higher level. So, I mean, time will only tell, of course, but, you know, they are saying some good things. Um, you know, we'll we'll support it as much as we can, but we, we'll, we'll call things out as well. Uh, if there's something that we think is probably not doing so well, we did. Uh, I mentioned on last week's podcast that I don't think the NZHF is doing enough to promote women's hockey. I think the women's camp is a really good step in the mm. right direction. But I don't think it's enough yet. And uh, we did get quite a fav- favorable response on our social medias from players uh, and management and stuff as well. I'm not going to name names, but it is really cool to hear that um, other people do feel that way and that they're seeing that. So hopefully we will see more improvement on that side of things uh, because there's just so much talent in New Zealand that mm. we could really grow and build up. Um, it's, speaking of talent... Well, one, one other thing I want to say is I All liked right. that Harry was um, he was talking about how he was he was doing video coaching with his peewees, which yes. I think is pretty cool. Yes. Like being a little peewee kid and then being able to watch your skating or whatever on on video, and because everyone with an iPhone now, you can film some pretty good stuff. I think that's pretty cool. And for kids that are on devices and tablets and video so much now, I think it is a natural step. It's not too crazy to be able to watch your own um your own performance as, as a young youngster if it makes you want to do it more then it's a good thing yeah totally i mean i can imagine you know a little kid getting an absolute kick out of seeing themselves i, I bet probably now with just how much access people have to hockey highlights and everything now they probably really break down things like power plays and whatnot and they mm. you know trying from a much earlier age to really improve on those kind of things so um, yeah, I mean, yeah, thanks again to Darren for taking that time. Um, but before we wrap up the show, Joe, really quickly, I want to go through the BHL All-Stars. Uh, we're announced. Um, there's also an FHL All-Stars game, but we picked up on the uh, BHL because there's a lot of recognizable names for people that follow the podcast and are also uh, big fans of the NZHL. Yeah, it's almost basically an Iceplex Um trial when you look at it if you look at the names that are in there there's a couple of um long-serving nzhl guys in there but um the first kind of two lines of each team are are in your iceplex core and then you've got the the great coaching skills on the bench of punchy and myself um <laughs> which i'm sure will give the um the frozen lake team the uh the win for sure yeah, we did. Uh, we actually put. I'm going to bring it up now, just really quick, quickly. Uh, we How's did the a poll, poll. Going? How's the poll? Yeah, going? we did a poll on our Instagram uh, to see uh, who would win the backyard conference. 
which features players like Jake Ratcliffe. Uh, we got we got some messages from people that have sort of been following our coverage uh, of his career, being like, "Oh man, I'm really glad that you're that they're going to be a live stream of this game, which is going to be on Puckier's YouTube, and it'll also be on the Hockey House uh, NZ YouTube. So keep an eye out for both. I'm pretty sure that game is actually happening while I'm in the air flying <laughs> to Auckland." So if anything goes down with the live stream, I may not be in a position to fix it. Although apparently there's going to be Wi-Fi on the plane. Oh, there uh, you go. You can tune in. Okay. Actually, no funny story real quickly. <laughs> when I went to, this is, this is crazy. When I went to Paris um, with the crowd goes wild with uh, our, our friend James McConey, uh, the flight and had what? You flew had Wi-Fi. first class. Don't, oh, don't, yeah, we don't, flew first class, baby. Don't neglect that fact. You flew first, <laughs> first class all the way to Paris. And back. Yeah. Uh, and I believe on the flight back, um, I'm pretty sure McConey was just like, man, you're really dedicated to uh, this hockey stuff. But I was um, helping. I think there was some problems with the live streams, and I was actually able to get onto YouTube. Uh, I don't know where I was in the world, <laughs> where the plane was but i was able to make sure that the live stream got up and running um so probably i may be able to do it flying across the tasman sea who knows uh but that game will be live streamed both on our youtube channel and the hockey house nz so make sure you watch that so you do see guys like jake ratcliffe uh and plenty more talent of course nick craig nick henderson justin dague stephen morrison michael atwell blake jackson that team is stacked, honestly. And that's just the, that's just the defense. That's just the back. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's just the defense. You got Finlay Forbes and Mickey Rob, uh, Mikey Robinson as well. Uh Hopkinson, not Robinson. <laughs> and Frozen Lake boys. I mean, Reed Cole is a name that um, Punchy keeps mentioning to me. So I'll definitely be watching out for that. And then of course Stephen Hewish, Jordan Chalice, Alex Polozov, Matt Taylor, AJ Spiller. Uh, Ian Wanamaker, massive friend of the show. That's awesome to see. And then in the goalies, Matt Kennedy, uh, who people that follow from Dunedin will remember that name. And then, of course, Grace Harrison. So mm. there's a lot of talent there. Um, Joe, don't screw this up. Hey, um, I think, like I said earlier, my role is just going to be handing <laughs> uh, the scout source to Punchy and then just opening the gate and letting the um, probably letting the D-men just pile out and closing it. <laughs> Basically, a, a grocery stick in the middle of the bench. So that, and I'm fine with that. I know my role. You know, yeah, you know your role. Uh, so just quickly, the poll final result here. It's only got about probably not an hour left. Fifty-four uh, percent are saying the backyard conference all stars are going to win. How do you feel about that? Mm. It's going to be close. I need to get on voting. I need to get voting again. I've already voted. You Can don't. I, I'm going to have to go and start no, different accounts. I'll start a few different accounts. And... You can't rig this shit, Joe. You can't <laughs> rig this shit. Um, but yeah, that's going to be awesome. It is free to watch, free to attend uh, at Paradise Avondale, the Avondale Square Gardens, March 27. Uh, Puck Drop is 4.15 p.m. So go along, check that out. Um, support support the league because, uh, you know, obviously it's a really fun league. They try to do a lot to really build hockey up uh, in the Auckland region. So make sure you check that out. But Joe, that's us for well, that's us for that's it for me in Australia. Me yeah, podcasting in Australia. It's over. It's over. Next time um, we're on the air, you'll be in this studio with me. Oh, and it just honestly, it makes such a huge difference. Like it really does. Listening back to that interview with Helen Murray, I was like, 
it's just it's just so much better being in the same room. Mm, mm. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait, buddy. I can't wait to see you, Sarah, and um, and your little one in the flesh for the first time <laughs> ever. Yeah, uh, it'll be great. Uh, I can't wait to catch up with a lot of people that listen to the podcast and uh, support us. Um, we really appreciate everything that you guys do to keep uh, Puck here going and you know spreading the word. Uh, again, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to get the episodes first. We are also on YouTube and you can hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at PuckYearNZ. Until then, until I'm back in New Zealand, I'm Logan. That's Joe. We'll see you again soon. See ya. See ya.